morning. How's everybody doing this morning? I can't hear nothing. I said, how's everybody doing this morning? All right. Well, we're not going to worry about what's going on outside. We're going to worry about what the Holy Spirit's going to do inside this Amen. morning. Amen. All right. So y'all sing along with us. This is our welcome song. Y'all uh, reach across there and tell everybody hello or whatever you need to do. I wonder so aimless I feel with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. And Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Just like a blind man, I wandered alone. Worries and fears I claim for my own. Praise the Lord, I saw the light, I saw the light, I saw the light, no more darkness, no more night, and now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside, praise the Lord, I saw the light, I saw the light, I saw the light, no more darkness. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Good morning, church. Thankful to be the pastor. Uh, uh, you know, I look out and I see a lot of faces, and you know, I, I just reminded every Sunday morning of the blessing it is to be the shepherd, to be um, one God has called to to walk life with y'all, to see your stories, to know your stories, and so what a blessing that is. And so I love y'all. We got a few announcements here this morning. Um, baby shower for Amber, and uh, it says Lightfoot Hermand Hermandez here. Her registry not directory her registry is under amber lightfoot and so um the baby shower is a uh, see january 23rd 2021 from two to four and so uh both hector and amanda uh, amber <laughs> where are you at okay Hector and Amber Hernandez are registered at Amazon. Their baby is due in February, and so much, uh, many things needed there. They need diapers, but for more info, you can call, um, contact Liz or Jacqueline. And again, Amber Lightfoot. If you look up Amanda, um, it's my fault, but it's Amber Lightfoot. Y'all can find it on there, help her out, and it'll be a blessing here 2 to 4 on the 23rd. 
Coming January 31st is our family Sunday. Um, again, excited about that, how that's going to look. And so uh, you all make sure you bring your families on January 31st, our fifth Sunday. Men's breakfast and ladies' luncheon will resume in February, Lord willing. And so we'll see that second Saturday for the men's and the third Thursday for the women. Standing in the gaps for the families. And so uh, Sunday nights, we're still doing that. It's exciting. We plan on continuing to do that. God's providence has been amazing in that, of, of just working through, connecting with families, connecting families with families right at the perfect time. Um, had a testimony uh, last week of, of uh, God laying on someone's heart uh, to pick up a card, and they picked up the card, been praying for them, and then guess who they run into when they go to town? <laughs> Bam, there they are. Praise God for that. It's his providence. It's his will. He's working in that. Faith at Home Wall, continue to check that out. Talk with us if you have any questions. And then if you're looking for a way to get involved with kids ministry, we're opening up all of our kids ministry back up today. And so if you're looking for a way to get involved, talk to us. We're excited about plugging you in. Friendship Mass, $5 if you want a Friendship Mass there in the back there. And then help to provide and contribute toward youth meals. Please see Miss Doris if you can help contribute or provide or cook a meal. She would love for your help. Let's see here. Father God, Lord, oh, uh, we just come before you in this place, God. Lord, I thank you for uh, those that have come out um, this morning, Lord, to worship and rejoice in, in the God that you are. I pray that as we sing, uh, we reflect um, that worship. I pray that as we, we get into your word, we reflect worship, Lord. Lord, speak to us this morning. Come in this place, God. Lord, uh, show up mightily, uh, move and stir our hearts, God. Point us to you, Father. Lord, in Christ, through the Holy Spirit, let us see you. We love you, God, and it's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you all before I forget, too, with um, the snow that's possibly coming in. I'm so excited. I've been waiting three years for snow, <laughs> and so I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> um, I think we're going to go ahead and hold off on tonight's uh, meeting. We had a business meeting scheduled for tonight, but we're going to go ahead and push that off till next Sunday night. And so we'll have our business meeting next Sunday night. So no services tonight. Maybe if it sticks at all. Um, you can go have some fun in the snow. Send, hey, put, take pictures and put it on the Facebook page of you playing in the snow. I'm so excited. All right, let's worship the Lord, brother. All right, well, this is our birthday and anniversary song. If you would, stand with us. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't know the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today I walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Forty-seven years, and a young 18? Okay, we'll just be clapping. All right, we better sing happy birthday and anniversary. Happy birthday to you, happy anniversary to you. 
Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy anniversary to you. Okay, y'all may be seated. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions, bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, We'll sing and shout the victory While we walk the pilgrim pathway Clouds will overspread the sky But when traveling days are over Not a shadow, not a sigh When we all get to heaven What a day of rejoicing that will be when we, all when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Onward to the prize before us, soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. All right. Well, it's time for Brother Jerry and Children's Story Time. All right. First off, y'all heard about the man that saw this gold and, and he was so excited and he picked it up and he put it in his pockets. And he happened to go see the Lord the next day, and he gets up there, and he's so excited because he just happened to put that in his pockets, and he pulls it out, and the guy down the road said, why's that guy got pavement in his pockets? <laughs> come on, give me a pity laugh. <laughs> Streets of gold, come on. All right, youngins, I need my youngins up forward. Y'all come on forward, my youngins. That's pathetic, y'all. Come on, youngins, whoever wants to come, y'all come on forward. I know it's been a little bit. Y'all come set on up here, all the way up to fifth grade if y'all would like. There they come, there they come. All right. What's up, buddy? Yeah. All right. Y'all happy today? Look at them smiles. I love them smiles. I got something I got to ask y'all. Do y'all like milk? Milk's good, isn't it? Yeah. Come on, Trip. you like some milk. <laughs> it keeps you wealthy or healthy? Healthy. All right. Keeps you healthy. Chocolate makes you healthy, too. That's good. I like milk, too. All right. I got a game for us to play. I'm going to pull out something, and you tell me. It's going to be a cup, and you tell me who it's for, okay? If I was to put milk in this cup, who would it be for? A baby. A baby. Why do you say that? It's a baby bottle, that's right. So this is for a baby. Let's see here. What about this one? It's a baby 
almost a baby bottle, but we're a little older, right? We call this a sippy cup, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Like Annabelle, that's right. And so we have a sippy cup that, that's for, for not just babies, but they're a little older, so they don't spill it. What about this one? A cup. That's like, that's a big boy cup. That's right. So we have a big boy cup. You did just drink chocolate. Still smells like chocolate, buddy. All right, I got one more. I got one more. Y'all check it out for me. A grown-up cup, right? It's a Dickie's cup, too. That's a real grown-up's cup right there. And so when you think about that, we have different cups for every age because as we're growing up, we, we have to drink differently. When we're a little baby, we have to have a bottle. When we get bigger, we don't want to spill it, so we have a sippy cup. Then we have a big boy cup. And then we, and when you're adults and big like me, you get to have a big cup. And so that happens because we're growing up. And so what I want to talk about as we are become Christians and we love Jesus and that starts to happen in our life and God calls us to that place, then, then what happens is we start, we start as a baby in Christ and then we grow up into a big boy in Christ, and then we grow up into a big girl in Christ, and then we grow up into an adult in Christ. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. He starts us off on milk just like we start babies off, but then we can have what we call solid food. And we're going to talk about that in our sermon. So you that stay in here, I'm excited about you all being able to hear about how Paul says that they were babies, but now he wants them to grow up. Don't you all want to grow up? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Is God awesome? Yes, all right. On the count of three, I want y'all to say amen. One, two, three. Amen. All right, let me pray. Father God, I thank you for these youngins, Lord. It's so good to have them up here again, God. Lord, I just pray for them, Lord. I pray for the Holy Spirit to work in their lives and their families' lives, God, and just show them you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, y'all walk back to the back if you're going to the back or stay in here if you're staying here, but walk for me. All right? Only if you're kindergarten, you're a big boy trip. Go ahead, Hope. <laughs> now she's got her hands full. <laughs> All right. Well, this is our uh, offertory hymn. Of course, you know, we're not passing around. Just put it in the plate when you go out in the back. And uh, y'all are welcome to sing along with us. Say to me, son, 
Stop fighting a fight that's already been won. I am redeemed. You said me So I'll shake off these heavy chains and wipe away every stain. I'm not who I used to be. I am redeemed. I'm redeemed. All my life I have been called unworthy. By the voice of my shame and regret. But when I hear you whisper, child, lift up your head. I remember, oh God, you're not done with me yet. I am redeemed. You said, So I'll shake off these heavy chains and wipe away every stain. Now I'm not who I used to be. Oh, no, I don't have to be the old man inside of me because his day is long dead and gone because I've got a new name, a new life. I'm not the same. And I hope that will carry me home. I am redeemed. You set me free. So I'll shake off these heavy chains and wipe away every stain. Because I'm not who I used to be. I am redeemed. So I'll shake off these heavy chains and wipe away every stain Cause I'm not who I used to be Oh God, I'm not who I used to be Jesus, I'm not who I used to be I am redeemed. I thank God redeemed. All right. I'm going to ask Brother Gene Titlow if he'd lead us in a prayer, please.
Amen. All right, this next song is uh, Red Letters. Uh, I want you to listen to the words. Uh, open your hearts and prepare your hearts for the message that we're going to have today. So uh, y'all sing along with us because most of you know it. There I was on death row, guilty in the first degree. A son of God hanging on the hill. Hell was my destiny. The crowd was shouting, crucify. The could have come from these lips of mine. The dirty shame was killing me. It would take a miracle to wash me clean. Then I read the red letters and the ground began to shake. The prison walls became a free man that day it felt like lightning hit my veins my dead heart began to beat the breath of God filled my lungs and the Holy Ghost awakened me yeah the Holy
you like to say anything about your song? Uh, just to kind of go off what I went, what I said last Sunday. You know, this song is so powerful in this time right now. Mm-hmm. You know, if God can turn graves into gardens, bones into armies, he can do anything that's going wrong in your life right now. He can turn it right around and make you feel so much better. That's right. So, y'all just, uh, if I can get these in right, y'all just uh, listen to the words. If you want to sing with us, I'd like y'all to stand, lift your hands, stomp your feet, whatever you want to do. Let's praise God right now. Amen. Amen. You give beauty for ashes 
turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. Tell them now. You're the Nothing is better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing, nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing, nothing is better than you. come to you this morning, Lord, because there's nothing better than you, God. There's nothing that you can't do, Lord. Lord, we just praise you this morning and give you, Lord, thanks for being here. Lord, with everything going on, I just lift our country up, God. God, we know you're in control. And Lord, just let the Holy Spirit come in our hearts this morning. Let us be ready for the message that we have today, Lord. Lord, again, I just thank you and I love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
that a reality in your life this morning? When you sing those words, is it a reality that there's literally nothing better than who He is? Literally nothing better than what He can do in your life. Literally nothing else better. Father God, Lord, I still continue to seek You, Lord. Lord, in worship. God, I just pray that as we open up Your Word this morning, Lord, as our hearts have been prepared, Lord, to receive Your voice, to receive Your Word, God. Lord, would You do something mighty in our lives? God, what You did already is mighty. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, Lord, it's the most mighty thing in this world's ever seen. But God, we look forward to a return of You too. And Lord, from Your Word, we know that it's going to be mighty. Lord, while you came humbly the first time, God, Lord, this time you come, Lord, uh, on a white horse, God. Lord, bringing about judgment, Lord. God, uh, you've given us a way for redemption and a way for restoration and salvation, Lord. God, help us not take for granted this time that we have before your return in which you've given us time to make disciples of all nations, literally all nations, Lord. So God, I pray that right now in our own hearts that you would just remind us that there's nothing better than you. Lord, as we open up and we read your word today, looking at who you've called us into, that we are yours like we did last week, but also that that means that there's growth, God that we grow in Christ. I pray this morning that you would affect our hearts this morning to really evaluate our walk in you. Lord, are we still babes in Christ? Or are we eating solid food? Are we growing in you, Lord? God, I pray that that you would reveal that to each one of us today, Lord, that you'd reveal that to us corporately, that, that we wouldn't remain stagnant in any way, God. But Lord, you would help us grow in you. Help us walk in you, Lord. We love you, God, and we're so thankful for what you're doing today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God sure is good, isn't he, church? I was thinking, you know, last week was such a wonderful blessing. We started 1 Corinthians, and we started through and looked at the whole first and second chapter of 1 Corinthians, and, and I was just so blessed um, last week. Just, just the way God showed up, His presence, and, and the way we were able to worship Him, and, and, and how His Spirit moved. You know, it, it started our new 2021 year off so great, and I'm so thankful for that, and I pray that that continues. I mean, it Even from just the testimony that we heard from Rebecca last week, that was a blessing. I can't tell you how many people came up and either said something to her or said something to me, but how God just was was working in that moment of, of sharing a story of how he called her to be his own. And what a blessing that that is. And then um, to, to celebrate that together as a church with baptism, what a blessing that was. And then to, to join in together in worship and to be led in, in worship as we sung together. And then to get into His Word and give the reminder that we are His. What a blessing it was last week. Can I hear amen? 
I'm telling you, I enjoyed it. And then the icing on the cake was when the Bennett's came forward and joined fellowship with us. And so just a blessed week last week. So thankful for that. And I pray as we continue in Corinthians, as we continue in the Word of God, as we continue to seek the Spirit of God, that He would continue to just overwhelm us with His presence and His Spirit. So with those first two chapters, with chapter 1 and chapter 2 of of Corinthians, Paul really set that tone. We talked about that last week, that he set a tone not just for for those chapters, but literally for the whole book, the whole letter of Corinthians. You know, it's a letter, but we call it a book. It's got several chapters in there. It's kind of a long letter, but it's a letter nonetheless. And we see this tone that is set there, uh, reminding us that we are his and reminding us that it was because of who he is and what he's done, not anything to do with what we who we are or what we've done it's about Christ and for this reason we are to glory and boast in the Lord alone that's what we talked about that's the tone that set he was kind of battling this idea of pride and and man's wisdom and he talked about how how God literally took the most foolish thing in our eyes and saved the entire world through I mean it was beautiful to see that all come out in the scripture and then we kind of left off with this this thing that's going to kind of catapult us into what we're talking about today the kind of two different people that are in the, the, the word or, or even in the world that he describes them two different ways. He calls them natural or spiritual. And that's the way it kind of ended, talking about the difference that a, a natural man can't discern the things of the spirit because they're discerned by the spirit. But the spiritual man is the one that, that matures in Christ. And so we saw this difference that the natural person is the one unsaved. Let that sink in for us this morning, that the natural one is the one in which God's grace has not overwhelmed them to the point where a heart has been changed and a life has been dedicated to Christ in which they follow the Lord. The grace of God hadn't changed and saved the soul yet. That's what unsaved means. They're destined in their walk straight to hell apart from the grace of God. That's what unsaved means. That's what natural man means. That they know not the things of God because they are spiritually discerned. But then, praise God, that we're not left in the natural state. Praise God that there's a spiritual state in which He grants us by His grace. And He calls that the saved one. The one who is born again, the one that is in Christ, the one in which the grace of God has come in and and been received and and, and, and changed a heart. We saw in chapter 1 where he said that they were were, uh, the testimony of Christ was confirmed in them and that it would be confirmed in the end. And so we saw this whole picture of, 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 of who they were, this tone that was being set, the fact that They've been given a new heart, that they have a hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that they have a victory that has been given to them, that has conquered the world, a beautiful work all done by the Spirit. And so he sets this tone, two different people, natural and spiritual. That's where we are. And I think this is important because he's saying, you know which one you've been called to. You know who you are. The very message we talked about last week, you know that you are His. That you've been called to be His. That grace has been active. Remember that you have been called, set apart, sanctified, redeemed, restored. All that beautiful language in which He's called them. But I want us to catch how Paul is going to address the Corinthians now. He says there's two. There's spiritual and there's natural. But look how he addresses them as he starts talking to them. Chapter 3, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. 
Now, if your Bible has Corinthians and it has a two before it, you're a whole letter backwards. You need to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, the saved people. I could not speak to you as the spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Catch what he's saying here. This is very important. I, brethren, could not speak to you as the spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and having behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Paulus, are you not carnal? And what he's talking there at the end is what we talked about last week. They were going around saying, no, I'm of Paul or I'm of Cephas or I'm of, of, of Apollos or whoever it was. And he addresses that and says, we're all one in Christ. And so he says, whoever is saying this, he says, you're divided. You're living carnally. You're living pridefully. And so I want us to understand what Paul's doing here. He's calling them out. This is not an easy greeting in which Paul's saying, oh, hey there, my good friends in Corinth, I love you so much. He did a little bit of that, but now he's getting straight to the point and he says, you are living carnally. And that brings me to the first point this morning. May we, may this be a warning to us, church, may we who have been called into Christ not remain in carnal living. You see, the truth is, church, when we were called into Christ, we were called out of something. Y'all realize that, don't you? That when we were called into Christ, we were called out of carnal living. We were called out of that, called into Christ. And so what he's doing, he's calling them out again, and he addresses them, and he says in verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. And so there's some things that I want to draw out from the way he addresses them that I think is important for us. First one is he addresses them again as carnal, as babes in Christ. Our ears might naturally go to this thought of, of carnal. And then, you know, that's kind of a harsh word, right? That, that they're carnal. When, when we're called to be spiritual, we're called to be his. And so our ears and our eyes immediately go to this place of, of carnality, that they are carnal. But I want you to catch something. We have to get something else out of this first. He says, I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in whom? Christ. Speak to you as babes in Christ. This is so important here because he's not just talking about babes. He's not just talking about carnals. He's talking about those who are in Christ. And we know what that language means, don't we? We know that if we are in Christ, then we are born again, that we are saved, that we are rejoicing in the grace that God has given us, that he's shown us his mercy that has overwhelmed us, that has given us a new heart. When we are called in Christ, that is referring to those who are in Christ, who have been saved. And so he says, you, though, are as carnal or as babes in Christ. Remember the testimony here. He's calling them Christians. He says, the testimony of God was confirmed in you. He says you were called to be saints who are sanctified. He mentions that they are God's, that they are His. But he says, look at how I have to address you. He says, I, I knew you were carnal. Literally means fleshly or, or weak even. It has the connotation of being weak. I knew you were fleshly. I knew you were weak. And Paul is getting at the point here of, of saying, of course you were. 
I was just sharing the gospel with you for the first time and you were responding to the gospel. So I addressed you, it's past tense, I addressed you as though you were babes, as carnal, as babes in Christ, as as ones that are just coming to faith in Christ. You see, Paul knew that that deep spiritual mature walk in Christ doesn't just happen like that. Sometimes, I've seen it very rarely, where it just seems like the Spirit overwhelms somebody so much that it just seems like they're completely new and and walking in a maturity that would be unimaginable. I've seen it happen. But most of the time, it takes a little time, doesn't it? Did that happen for you? Uh, For me, it, it was a little bit longer. I walked through and struggled. I would have been called a carnal, a babe in Christ. Wouldn't y'all? Amen? I want to make sure we're where we're at here. He says, that's, of course that happens. You see, when, when the Holy Spirit enters a foreign territory, that's what happens in salvation. The Holy Spirit enters a foreign, sinful, fleshly territory. The Spirit of God enters the flesh of man, and He puts Christ in the reign of our hearts on His throne. And then there's this victory that happens where we're given a new heart, but there's still a lot of mess that He ends up taking care of called sanctification, right? And so when you look at this, it's, it's, it's really, and sometimes it happens faster than others. And, and I think about Galatians, when we went through that, there was a point when he said that, that we who belong to Christ are crucified in the flesh. Our flesh is crucified. That's the picture that we're getting at here. I think of like a war. I got any soldiers in here, any military people? You think about when there was war. I see you, John. I see you, brother. I think about if, if, if those who went to war... And, and they're there in the battlefield. There's a point where victory is claimed, right? That you know that you have won. But I guarantee you that when that soldier gets that little message, however he gets it and says, hey, we've won the, the battle, they don't just stop watching their back and they don't just go and, and skip to the, the plane, do they? I'm sure there's a little bit of a mess going on in which there's cleanup that happens in which there's a journey back to homeland. And that's why when they get off into the the States, it's a beautiful moment because they feel safe again. You see, when I think of salvation, I think of a spirit coming in and taking victory. Victory is claimed. We are justified. We are made new in Christ. We are in Christ. But there's cleanup that happens and there's a journey to where we enter into glory with the lord and that happens our entire lifetime here on this earth amen i hope that helps us understand a little bit what's happening here and i think that's what's going on here there's victory it's justification but there's a sanctification process that paul's very aware of and he says hey i even fed you with milk and not solid food you look at verse two i fed you with milk and not with solid food what does he mean by milk and solid food here well, I think sometimes we get the easy and the hard stuff. That's kind of where our mind goes, right? We get the milk as the easy stuff to understand. It's the stuff that, that, that Jesus loves you. He died for you. He, he raised from the grave for you. And now you can have forgiveness in him. And, and, and uh, he loves you, right? We kind of get that's the milk. If we think about the milk, that's where our mind goes to. And we think about the meat. Well, that's got to be the hard stuff. The meat's got to be going in depth. It's got to be talking about soteriology and eschatology and pneumatology and ecclesiology and all them ologies of, of studying the church and the, the, the spirit and, the, and, the, and our salvation, all those different things. We study, that's the meat, right? I don't think so exactly. 
I think that's where our mind goes sometimes, and there's some truth to that. Sure, it's the substance of what's being given, but at the end of the day, the substance is always the same. It's Christ and Him crucified. And that is the milk and that is the meat. And so what is He getting at here when He talks about, I gave you milk because you weren't ready for food? What's He really getting at here? And I think it has a little bit more to do rather than just the substance. It's the way it's delivered and the way it's received. Not just about the substance itself, it's about how the substance is received. Milk is something, you think about this, it makes sense, doesn't it, church? Milk is something that when you uh, give to a baby, I had that little bottle, they said, it's a baby bottle. How did they know that? Well, because it has a nipple on there. That's the only way a baby can drink is through that nipple, and that's the way they're able to, to get their milk. And so you think about the way that you give babies milk. You don't just fill that thing up and say, here you go. Wouldn't get very far that way, would we? Some of you are saying, I tried it. <laughs> I know, I see your grandkids. I'm just teasing. What do you have to do? You have to take that and, and prepare it. It has to be given at, at certain times. You prepare it with the right formula and the right stuff, the right temperature. And then you have to hold it for the baby's mouth to be able to, to take it in. And then you have to realize when the baby's taking too much. And you, you take it out and you make sure they're not gagging. And then you make sure that you burp them because they, they got to get it all down and everything good, all that gas coming in. And so they, they got to take care of the whole thing, right, when you give baby milk. Praise God we got some that were bigger than didn't need the bottle all the time sometimes i wonder but praise god that he's given us the road to do that for children right that's that's milk but there comes a time when solid food is entered in there comes a time when they can take that fork and pick it up and they can start chowing into that solid food, right? There's a time that that happens. They can take initiative themselves. They know when they're hungry. They don't have to, you don't have to say, hey, you're hungry right now. Here's your solid meat. No, they know when they're hungry. They come to you saying, hey, I'm hungry. And then we prepare and we give it to them. But then they take care of themselves and they're able to eat. That's what Paul's getting at here. He says there's a problem going on. When you needed the bottle, I gave you the bottle. But now you're just a big squalling baby that don't need the bottle anymore. You need to pick up the fork. That's what he's getting at, church. And if there's a message for us in our nation, it would be pick up the fork. Amen? And so we think about this again. Look at what he says in verse 2. Chapter 3, verse 2. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. Understandably, you're a baby. But then listen, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another says, I am of Paulus, are you not carnal? Carnal. Paul expected them to receive the gospel as milk at the beginning. However, he says, you're ready for solid food. You should be ready for solid food, but you're not. And I thought about this. What is it that makes them not ready? And it's what Paul's been addressing this entire time. Pride. He says you're, you're puffed up. You're proud. You're not humble enough to take in the message of Christ. He says you should be humble by this point to, to know that it is only Christ that gives you salvation. That you are called into Him by Him. To know that we are to walk in Him by Him. But you're claiming that you're walking with so-and-so and so-and-so. You're doing it all on your own. He says, you're babies. Take up the solid food. So I've heard it said this way, and maybe this will help. Milk 
is spiritual teaching that is uniquely designed to get a proud sinner started on the path of humility and hope. So milk is kind of the structured teaching filled with the gospel through the spirit that helps a proud sinner see that they're a proud sinner and bring humility and hope into their life. And then the meat is when that humility is there and they start taking in this gospel, this this good news of Christ, and it starts to sprout and take root into that humility and you start to see God giving increase and this beautiful thing happens where, where, where we see God's work because we have the mind of Christ. I think sometimes our throats can be so swollen with pride that we can even gag on milk, church. I think our throats can be so swollen, our esophagus so hard with self-reliance that anything that shares that it's not about you gets gagged right back out. But I got news for us, church. The whole gospel is a message that says it's not about you. It's about Christ. And so the milk is to show that, bring in the humility. And then the Spirit does all the work. He's doing it from the time the milk's coming, but then also we see where, where then the meat starts to come in. I, I, maybe this will help. Where are you at? Because I don't think it's about how deep we get into the Word of God. Because I think any one of us and any person, in fact, I had teachers and professors in my undergrad that were not Christians but were theologically um, um, knew the Scriptures very well. From Harvard, doctorate from Harvard. I had a professor who was a doctorate from Harvard but did not believe in Christ. But she could quote you anything. She could read it. She could tell you the context of it. She just didn't believe it. It's not about how deep we can get into the Word of God, church. It's about how deep the Word of God can get into us. It's about how deep it takes root in us and starts moving out and and changing our hearts and our minds. So again, we see this idea of the milk in this What I really want to see, though, is is the way he addresses them is really as a warning. It's a warning for for a casual drifter. For someone that's just casually drifting with no worries in the world, they've had a a time where where they've received Jesus or talked about receiving Jesus or had an emotional experience or whatever it may be, whether legit or not legit, it's happened. And then they come to this time of of, of struggling and, and not really, well, not struggling, not caring, I mean, apathy. I don't care, I'm doing it my own way. And Paul's saying, that's not okay. That's what you are doing, and it's not okay. He gives a, a warning to them. He's not upset that they began as babies, but that they haven't grown up. He says in verse 2, even yet you are not able. And then the serious words come in verse 3. He says, literally is what it says, and you are not walking according to man. He says, and are you not walking according to man? It's a question. For when someone says, I'm a Paul or another, or I'm a Paulus, are you not merely man? He's not telling them that they're not in Christ. He already addresses them as they are in Christ, giving them the benefit of the doubt here. But he says, you're not walking in the way of Christ. It looks to me like you're walking in the ways of man. He says, that's a a problem. He warns them. It's a warning nonetheless. He says, while we are called to be spiritual, to be in Christ, you sure are looking a lot like the natural who are not in Christ. And he starts bringing this up. And I want to 
to address this too, because sometimes you'll hear the term carnal Christians, and in your study Bibles, it might even talk about carnal Christians, or when you hear preachers talk about it, they'll talk about carnal Christians, and they kind of put it in three different categories. You have the spiritual, the natural, and the carnal Christians, and, and I understand where that comes from. I can kind of grasp it, but, but I think there's a danger in that too, church. I don't think that's really what Paul's doing here. I think what Paul's doing is, again, saying, look, We have been called into the spiritual, but you look a lot like the natural. And so I'm calling you carnal. I'm calling you babes in Christ. Giving you the benefit of the doubt that you might be in Christ, but you sure aren't looking like it. Church, is that ringing with us? It sure is ringing with our nation. It broke my heart this week to see some of the Christian flags doing some of the things that was happening. It broke my heart to do some of the things that was going on in the name of Jesus. It sure don't look like the ways of Christ, church. Right, wrong, or indifferent, it doesn't look like Jesus. May we be brokenhearted about that. There are those that are natural, unsaved. There are those that are spiritual, saved. He says, look like the spiritual if you're called to be spiritual. Look at the next point. I want us to get this. Because it's a warning for those that that are not struggling. I'm all about struggling. I'll be the first to admit that I struggle. There's sin struggles in my life. I struggle. I, I deal with pride. I deal with lust. I deal with those things just like any of us do. I'll be the first to admit it. But I struggle with it. I'm not casually drifting and saying, oh, I'll do what I want and I don't care. I'll just live in this because it's the thing I want to do and and I don't care what it says. No, there's a struggle there. It's a good reality check to see. Is there a struggle in your own heart with your sin issues, your struggles? The next point here is we are to labor for the growth that God alone gives, knowing that we cannot create it. We are to labor for the growth that God alone gives, knowing that we cannot create it. Look at verse 5 with me. Chapter 3, verse 5. If you're there, say amen. It says, who then is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believe, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field. This is a beautiful passage here that reminds us of the cooperation of the gospel. That we are to cooperate, we are to partner, we are to fellowship in the work of the gospel together. It says that we are basically gospel gardeners. That some of us plant, some of us water, and then sometimes the ones that plant will do some watering elsewhere. And sometimes the ones that are watering will do some planting. There's this idea of we are one though. I think that's important for us to understand as we're, 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 we're walking through this, that we are one. We have one mission. We have one Lord. There's one baptism. There's one fellowship. Praise God that he has called us into this oneness, this unity. Some of us plant through the leading of the Spirit. We might be the ones that share Christ for the first time in which they hear hope. And then some of us come behind them and say, hey, let me drench that seed with a lot more hope and we start watering it and we water it and next thing we know that little seed it sprouts and it blooms and it looks beautiful but it wasn't because of my watering ultimately it wasn't because of your planting it was because of the spirit who watered and planted through us 
It is him that gives the increase, it says. Sometimes we get so caught up on how someone else is watering or how someone else is planting, how this church waters, how this church plants, how this person waters, how this person plants. Church, it's the spirit that plants and waters through us, and he gives the increase. Verse 8 is interesting, though. It says, now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So while we are in Christ, we are one, there's still this personal responsibility here. And, and to be honest, I've always struggled with this in the scriptures. I, I don't know exactly how this all works. And, and I think that's okay. I don't, I'm not supposed to know how it all works. If I did, that would make me God, and I'm certainly not that. We struggle sometimes when we get to scripture, don't we? Am I the only one? No, and so when you hear about this reward system in the scriptures, I struggle with that a little bit. It's not exactly clear to me. God has not revealed that to me the way I wished he would have. Because I know ultimately I am justified in him, but I also know that there's responsibility that I have to walk in him and that he rewards that some way or another. How it works, I don't know, but I trust it. Amen? Amen? And so when we get to this, he says, each one will receive his own reward and his own labor. And he explains it a little further in verse 9. If you're there, say amen. You are God's building, he says, and then he goes into this other analogy. Not just gardeners, but now we're builders that are a building. And so verse 10, according to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold or silver or precious stones or wood, or hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work, and what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire." Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So he says, we're to labor for a growth that only God gives. And so it's this constant dependence on him. But we are to labor, it says. It says that we are God's building and we actually continue to build on it, but we build on a foundation that's already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. We build on that foundation. No other foundation can be laid. It's already been laid. It's Christ. But then he's given us the privilege to build upon that foundation. And he says you might use gold, silver, precious stones, or you might use hay or straw or wood. He says you build with these materials but it's on the foundation of christ and then he goes on to say but those materials will be tested they'll be tested with fire he says what will endure it and what will be burnt up well gold and precious stones and silver um, are refined in fire it, it, it endures it while hay and stubble and and wood will get burned up in a fire and all you'll have left is the foundation there and so so i want us to, to, to think about this again we have this, this ability to, to build with these different materials. And again, the rewards are a little debatable here. It seems as if you build and the fire tests it and it remains. Then there's this reward of looking and saying, God, look what you did for your glory. My life was used by you. You used me as a vessel and look what you did with my life. Your glory. 
And then the loss seems like I worked all this stuff. I built flimsily on this foundation and all of a sudden it's all gone. My life has been wasted. Church, I don't want to come to that place. I think about Wayne and he's struggling and he knows his end is near. That he's going to go see the Lord soon. And I think about laying in that hospital bed. He's in the hospital bed in his living room and I think about that. And you know what goes through his mind? I know what goes through his mind. Looking through the span of life, what is wasted and what has God done and deserves glory for? That's what happens when we come to that time. Nothing else matters. We're leaving. Amen, church? May it be built with things that will endure. And I want us to think about that just for a second. What are you building with? We know the foundation has to be Christ, and that has to be the foundation. And so if you got that wrong, then we've got to start from ground zero and make sure that you see Jesus as your foundation. Don't lay another foundation. It will not work. Nothing will work. Jesus Christ is the foundation. But what are you building upon that foundation? Are you building with gold and silver and precious stones? Are you building things that are glorifying God? And for his glory, for his sake, or are you building things that, that are just kind of flimsily brought upon uh, the foundation? Now think about this. What do your kids see in your hands? What do your grandkids, what do they see in your hands? They see what you're building, church. They see it. Do they see you just putting wood up haphazardly on the foundation of Christ? Yeah, we just come to church, we do this thing, but, but really outside of that, it's nothing really. We just talk about Jesus. Or do they see you truly building upon the foundation of Christ with the gold and the precious metal of seeing that He is exalted in all things you do? Because I'm telling you, while your children and your grandchildren, they will not be able to inherit your faith in and of itself. It don't work that way. But they do inherit what you build through your faith upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. They inherit the building materials. And the fire will test you. And so do they have refined gold and silver and precious stones that's been refined through the fire in which they can look and say, Oh, praise the God, I want to build with that. Or do they look upon the fire that has come on your life and see that it's all been destroyed and burnt up and there's nothing there except for a foundation? Church, we are builders, it tells us. May we understand that this is not just about us, but generational. I want to come to this before I close. As you build, there's something to remember. The third point here, the Lord is the justifier. Look at chapter 3, verse 18. Let no one deceive himself. That might be the greatest danger, deceiving ourselves. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Amen to that. Amen, church. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. They are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Paulus or Cephas, or the world of life, or, or the world, or life, or death, or things present or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ, and Christ is God's. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ as, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, is required in stewards that one be found faithful. This is Paul's prayer, his heart here. He says that you be found faithful. That's a pastor's prayer, is that we would be found faithful. It says in verse 3, but with me, I started the next chapter, by the way, 
chapter 4, verse 3, But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I know nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart. Then each one's praise will come from God. He says, just remember this. Jesus, our Lord, is the justifier. You can't justify yourself. So your works is not what justifies you. It's Christ's work, his finished work that justifies us. And he's the one that judges that. And in fact, he's returning. Seems to be sooner than later, church, that he will return. And when he returns, the light will be brought of these dark things that are hidden. And that the hearts, the counsel of the heart will be revealed. I don't know what you have hidden in the dark of your life but it will be revealed church i don't know what we we think sometimes it's already revealed to him but there's a day it'll be revealed to all when every knee bows and every tongue confesses last point here just a simple reminder as i close all we do and go through should be for the sake of christ listen to this word verse chapter 4 verse 6 now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one another, against one another, for who makes the differ from another? And what do you have that you do not receive? Now if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast if you have not received it? He says, God's given it all anyways. Verse 8. You are already full. You are already rich. You have reigned as kings without us. And indeed, I could wish you did reign, that we also might reign with you. For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, lest as men condemned to death. For we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. Now listen to this last as we close out on this. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but you, we are dishonored. To the present hour, we both hunger and thirst, and we poorly clothed and beaten and homeless, and we labor working with our hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we endure, being defamed, we entreat. We have been made as the filth of the world, the offscuring of all things until now. I want you all to understand something loud and clear this morning. If you're listening, say, I'm listening. This is about to become more of a reality than we would like to think. But let it be done for Christ's sake. At some point, just like Brother Gene prayed, it's the Lord's will and we're going to trust Him and whatever is going on, we're going to trust Him. But that might mean some persecution and some hurt and some dishonor and to be called fools. It in fact is already happening, church. There's a war against Christ in our nation right now. And I want us to know that when that happens, when we are considered fools to the world, know that we are in Christ. When we are considered weak to the world, know that we are strong in Christ. When we are considered dishonored in the world, know that we are distinguished in Jesus. And when we are hated, we bless. And when we are persecuted, we endure. And when we are slandered, we entreat. Church, may that be our response as we see what plays out with our nation, in our community, in every other aspect of our life, may we do it all for Christ's sake. 
I just want to close with this thought, church. How are you growing in Christ? It's the question I asked at the very beginning. Do you find yourself still a babe in Christ? It's okay to be a babe in Christ when you're called into Christ. But if you're five or six years old or 20 or 30 or 50 or 60, I'm not talking about physical years, spiritual years, and you're still sucking on the nipple of a bottle, we've got to change, church. We've got to seek the Spirit to get us to the sippy cup at least. And then to get us to the big cup and the big boy Dickie's cup. Come on, church, we can do this. I'm serious, though. May we not be babes in Christ and remain in carnal living. May we grow in Christ. Do it for His sake. Father God, Lord, as we are continuing to start this year, 2021, what better way, Lord, than to be reminded that we are Yours. You have called us into that place. And Lord, in that place, You desire us to grow in You. You don't want us to remain stagnant, God. And I just know in the, the deepest part of my heart, Lord, that there's those in here, and myself included at times, Lord, that, that are not growing at times. Lord, we struggle at times. We get self-reliant at times. We get prideful at times, Lord. Lord, I pray that you help through the Spirit demolish that. Help us move from the milk to the meat, Lord, the way we receive your word, that we would take initiative and chow into it on our own, God. Lord, that you would move in our heart. Change us, Lord. Give us a mind of Christ. And Lord, as this reality at the end of this that we just looked at, Lord, as it starts to happen in our nation and around us, as we're going to be considered more foolish, as we're going to be considered um, um, those that will be persecuted and, and hated, Lord. As that starts to happen, may we respond, Lord, by blessing and entreating, Lord. May it be for your sake, God. Let us grow in you, Christ. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Would you stand with us? On Christ is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. But wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness seems to hide his face. I rest on His unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Praise the Lord, church. Has it been a good day in the house of the Lord? Praise God. All right, sister, you come on up. So Megan Kelly's been worshiping with us and serving already on the praise team for a good while now. But um, she's ready to transfer her membership from Bodark Baptist Church here to Friendship Baptist Church.
And so um, I just need a motion for that. We love her. We, I know a lot of you already know her. John Watson gave a motion. Peyton, want to give a second? All right, Peyton Sanders is giving a second. All in favor, say amen. 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 Good job. Girl. We're really excited. And uh, just seeing how the Lord's going to work, how he's going to grow her, and how he's going to use her in our church. And so praise the Lord for that. Y'all make sure you get to know her even more. I'm going to ask, um, let's see, Dwayne Neal, you close us in a word of prayer, my friend. Uh-huh.